J-Flow. Hey, what's up, everybody? J-Flow's back again today with another podcast, and today I have Christopher, a.k.a. Captain Seabeard, artist and musician. What's up, man? Yo, how you doing? I'm doing great. You doing good? Yeah, yeah. You excited? Yeah, a little nervous. A little nervous? That's all good. You're just talking to me right now. Just us. <laughs> Nobody else in the room. This hasn't been released yet, so... <laughs> Fun fact about that uh, intro, Josh made that for me. Josh, Josh oh, yeah. oh uh, clouds on blue, clouds on blue, dude. Yeah, that's he made it. That. So, does he make his own beats? Uh, I think he makes some of them. Otherwise, he has that Shade Beats guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He makes a lot of his, or he used to make a lot of his beats. He hasn't released any music for a while, dude. I'm nuts about it. But what's up, dude? You got a bunch of stuff on the table. I think <laughs> I want to talk about your music first. Yeah, You're thirty years old now. Yeah. Did you just turn 30 this year? December. December? Right before this year, yeah. Okay. So have you been playing music your whole life or just for a small portion or did music pull you out of something? Like, how'd you get into music? Uh, let's see. I mean, I've already, I've always been around it, like, since I was pretty young. A lot of my friends and cousins played music and uh, some of the early shows I was going to were, like, punk garage shows and stuff and that was pretty cool. And then... I don't know, I kind of messed around with it when I was younger, and it just never, it, like, was more of, like, a pastime hobby thing, and then I'd say when I was, like, I think I was turned 15, and my dad got me my first acoustic guitar, and then I, like, realized, like, oh, I can write my own songs, and that sort of thing, and then that's when I started being a little more committed to it, and then even more committed to it after I started traveling with other musicians, and so you did like a whole like tour, quote unquote tour thing. Like you just was it a tour or did you just get in a van and just go and play where you could play? I was kind of wild. I was working this job that was awful. Like I was working at a plastic factory and it just kind of was sucking the soul out of me. And uh, one day I got a call and uh, a friend of mine out in Oregon called me and just was like, "Hey, I'm going to need you to quit your job and watch my son on tour." So I technically didn't tour. Which was actually, like, you know, there was some, like, envy there because I wanted to be, like, oh, on yeah. the stage and stuff. But also Absolutely. it was, like, amazing because uh, I got to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff without the pressure of performing. So I was actually able to take a lot more of it in that way. And then once my duty of, you know, uh, childcare was taken care of for the night, then I, I was off the clock. And, you know, most of the time there was a second band playing after uh, my friend's band or my cousin's band actually. Um, so I'd get in for free and then, you know, have a good night and then hop in the van and go to the next city. And that first tour lasted three and a half months. Oh, wow. A big circle around the West coast. That's all. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the cities you, you, they played in? Do you remember where, like whereabout you went or you just knew it was West coast? It was huge. Actually. It was like, we started in Portland. I got picked up with these like, real eccentric folks and it was kind of like culture shock when we went all the way down the 101 well occasionally we'd hop on i5 but usually okay. uh 101 and we went all the way down to la and then we cut inland and we went all the way to uh what would have been santa fe New okay Mexico. yeah and then we headed north from there went through colorado wyoming montana and then made you did a, a big ass circle. Oh yeah, ended Holy up shit. through Idaho and back into Washington. And then I actually got off, uh, back on the Amtrak train 
in Portland. So we made one giant circle. That's nuts, man. Yeah, it was it was wild. It was I don't know, when you're traveling around like that, it's surreal too because like I got to the point where like I could walk into a stranger's house and just flop on the floor and pass out, not even like no regard for my safety or anything. Just like you're just like I'm used to this. Yeah, like this is where we're sleeping. Cool. I'll roll up my sleeping bag, do it again tomorrow. That's kind of scary, dude. Like, but you're living life, dude. You're having a good time. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Surprisingly, we had like very few sketchy encounters. Like, and even the ones that were sketchy were not that bad or. Uh, unavoidable yeah like how long ago was this 2015 is when that tour was oh that was before the world fucking flipped upside down so yeah that's when people were still halfway good so yeah yeah and like you know a couple times we ran into some sketchy stuff but most of the time when that would happen we would it was partly self-induced like just going to like going to the low-income skate park yeah like low-income housing area of la and we went to the skate park and like That'll we, do it. Yeah. We had these like six dudes. They're all wearing matching red t shirts. And like, I didn't really think anything. Oh, of shit. It. Oh. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, we're skating. I was like, I get focused when I'm trying a trick and I'm just like trying this trick over and over again. My cousin kind of nudges me. He's like, yo, dude, time to go. I think we should. Leave. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I almost got it. A couple more tries. And then he's like, no, dude, time to go. And he like, you know, shifts his attention over to those folks. And I just see him like grabbing around their crotch, like, they got, they got guns. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's time to go. Let's, that's scary. <laughs> let's do it. Fuck, dude. Oh, yeah, but it was, man. you know, we just look, you know, look forward, keep riding our skateboards, and we left, and they, yeah, didn't, they didn't mess with us at all. But it, you know, it could have got worse if it got dark or, you know. So your dad got you your first guitar when you were, like, 15-ish. So is that the only instrument you can play? Uh, Well, actually, on that first tour, there wasn't room for me to have a guitar, so I picked up a mandolin. And for those three months, I had a mandolin. a mandolin. A mandolin is it's like a super common in bluegrass. It uh, it's I'm trying to think. It's the top four strings of a guitar flipped upside down and then paired, so that you play two strings with every like every one note is technically you're playing two strings. And it's got it's a small body. It, people often think it's a ukulele. Okay, it, but it's a it's a mandolin and it's probably got. I don't know. I should know this technically, but it's like half the frets of a guitar. So like a short little okay. neck on a small body. And yep, I'm um, gonna learn a lot today. You're the first one that's brought the guitar in. Yeah, I've had a couple musicians, but you're the first one that's brought their instrument. I'm a little surprised so. Wyatt didn't bring his. Dude, me too, man. Me too. Did you listen to Wyatt's episode? I didn't actually. Well, I listened to part of it. I didn't part get all it. the way through. Yeah, Damn. yeah. My attention span's limited. Oh yeah, <laughs> I get that, dude. I, it's yeah, it's hard, but. Yeah, I've actually played a few shows with Wyatt now, and, like, he's always... Oh, really? Yeah, we just played Forage in Eau Claire uh, January 6th. Okay. And that was pretty cool. Like, he... He's a super nice guy. Like, he's, like, a legit cowboy. Like, he's he's just cool as shit. Well, and that's exactly what it is. Like, uh, I mean, I have some level of respect for any musician in the area, but I have a little extra respect for Wyatt just because what you see is what you get and in the best possible way. Like he's not showboating. He's not trying to be this flamboyant character. He just yeah. plays damn good country music and does it well and doesn't Very have well. to like, you know, seek out the attention because he knows, I feel like he knows his worth. Maybe he doesn't. If Wyatt listens to this, Wyatt know your worth. Yeah, dude, <laughs> your music's good. I told him 
if he had a vinyl printed with like his uh, coffee song and then his new like the Calypso song or whatever. I forgot what it was called. I think. Yeah, I can't think of what it's like a Calypso style like song. But I told him if he had a vinyl of that like printed, like I'd definitely buy one, put it on the wall here. Hell yeah. Hasn't happened yet. Come on, Wyatt. He's got that song too, he keeps playing. It's it's my favorite song of his. It's called uh Gasoline and Cigarettes, and I'm just like Oh really? It's a little more up tempo and it's like cool as hell. Yeah, it's about it's about I feel like it's about a girl we've all at least met. (laughs) And he's probably got a little more intimate of a story with it than that. But Yeah. I got to make it to more of your guys' shows because I see all your shit on Instagram and Facebook, and it's just like, oh, I wish it didn't work. Uh, but, you know, responsibilities are yeah, pretty important. Life, you know, yeah. being an adult. So I, w- I kind of want to see the guitar now, now that we're talking. Yeah. Or, no, well, hold on. We'll, we'll get through the tour. So you toured. Did you uh, – so when you got done with the tour, did you come right back, or did you stay out at West Coast? Um. Well, we did have a few idle weeks. There's a couple, okay. there's just kind of like a couple stray shows here and there. Um, but yeah, we hung out in Bellingham, Washington for almost two weeks. Okay. And then, which is a weird little town in itself and met some real cool people. My friend Carrie and Pete and his band. Um, and then got back on the Amtrak in Portland and I was back in Wisconsin or back in, yeah, back in Wisconsin for Two weeks, I think. And then I went up to Duluth, and I was up there for about four months. I love so, that area. Oh, my god! beautiful up there. Yes, yes, yes. And it's uh, really cool how they have their own little, like, microculture because they're so far removed from everything on oh, the map. Yeah. But yet that little spot has music almost every night of the week, art. And, like, I was surprised, too. They have, like, a pretty strong skateboarding community and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And, and then, like, they just take care of their area, like, super well. Like, everyone's, like, super, like... Not like a nature nut or like a tree hugger wise, if that's the word you want to use, but everyone's like super conscious. Yeah. Conscient. Conscious. Conscious. <laughs> I think that's the word I was looking for. Super conscious of like how they like take care of everything, you know, and it's just, it's a cool area. Well, that's I love it. Kind of what I like about it too is like the West Coast was an awesome experience and I feel like I learned a lot, but like I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin, so there's a level of like, um, old school mentality that's been kind of like ingrained in me and some of that you know can be done away with in a healthy way but some of it I'm proud of and then out on the west coast it's just such a different atmosphere like I learned and learned and learned and then it felt like my head was going to explode because everything was almost like like in the midwest I feel like an eccentric person in the on the west coast I feel like a square so it was like it was kind of refreshing to come back and find that like happy medium in Duluth where there is still culture, there's still art, yeah. there's still some like eccentric folks, but it's a little more refined than like say San Francisco or something like yeah. that. So you've been playing music half your life because you're 30 now. You've been playing since you're 15. Like, what's the plan for music? Like, do you want to be bigger than what you are now, or are you happy with what you have? Both. <laughs> Both. That's a that's a heavy question. Yeah, definitely. Because every artist wants to make it big. Like not every artist, I'd say, but like a lot of people, if they're playing music and they're playing shows, they're hoping somebody's in the crowd that's going to change their life. Yeah, yeah. Well, but also seeing some of the stuff I've seen firsthand, traveling with other people who do it as their full time living, like um, makes me realize that for one, I'm really blessed to be where I'm at. Like yeah. even just to like be able to eat food each day and like. 
have, have most of my bills taken care of like that's pretty sweet and it's not just through music but it's a, a music's a large portion of it so i think like the end goal would just be to be able to like collaborate with more and more people and yeah get a little bigger but i don't ever need to be selling out stadiums or nothing like that i just want to be able to get by comfortably on it and make it yeah between between my uh my seasonal farm work and garden work like just be able to make a comfortable living doing a mixture of those things live life still be a country boy play some music so what uh genre of music do you think you play like what do you what do you label it as damn that's a hard one uh let's see i mean lately i've been like most closely identifying with like bluegrass but i also like to incorporate some minor key stuff so it's not quite conventional yeah bluegrass but then also uh like if i had to pick a favorite band of all time, I, I'd probably pick Modest Mouse. Dude, Modest, I fucking love Modest yeah, Mouse, dude. They're yeah. so good. Yeah, they're amazing. And, like, the emotion and the melodies and stuff like that, like, Bluegrass is amazing, too, but there's something about, especially being, like, we're, like, you know, 90s kids. Yeah. So, like, something about that era and stuff, It's it's got some level of nostalgia and relatability that, even sometimes bluegrass doesn't have, even Hell though it's yeah. an older music form. I love, I mean, I wouldn't say I love bluegrass because I don't know 100% what bluegrass is, but, like, I like, like, folky music. Like, if it's got a banjo and a harmonica in it, dude, sign me up. Hell I've been yeah. on this, like, little, like, old-school country bluegrass folk music vibe, and I just, I love it. It, like, touches my soul. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Coulter Wall. Yeah. He's... Oh, dude, he's, like, my age or whatever. Like, he's our age. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he's, like, 60 the way he talks, dude. <laughs> the way he sings, it's just beautiful, and I love it. And he's, he's him and Wyatt are similar in the regard where he's yes. not playing anything too flashy, but his picking is damn good, his singing is damn good, his writing's damn good, so then the whole package is just, like, borderline. His pristine. skills, all the building blocks are good. So when you're done with when you when you put all your building blocks together and you got this building that you call a song or music, it's just beautiful and well crafted. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too is like you don't have to be like the best guitar player. You don't have to be yeah. the best vocalist. You don't even have to be the best songwriter, but if you can be fairly good at all three and then pull them together, like you're going to make good music and Absolutely. That's where a lot of, I feel like that stuff that touches us comes from is just, uh, it's cliche, but you know, that level of authenticity that, yep. you know, somebody's not putting on a show. Absolutely. I get what you mean. I would rather 100, like when it comes to like authenticity and realness, I'd prefer to go sit in a bar and listen to some guy play than I would to pull up Spotify and listen to today's top pop hits oh my because like because like when they got like when you get like a record label and oh yeah we'll give you like a three-year deal we want an album every year that's forcing you to make music and make songs yeah. so you're just pumping shit out <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's good but most of the time it's shit and once you got the deal the the incentive to make quality is gone like exactly you already signed on like you already got paid basically and which i'm not saying don't get a record deal anybody that's making music it's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is be smart with it yeah because when you got these people that make 
music on their own time or like even like look at like YouTube videos. You, if you watch a sponsored video versus a non-sponsored video, there's just a level of authenticity that you can't beat. And yeah. I like that. That level of authenticity really shines through everything else, and that's what really I think makes music or art. It just makes art in general art. Well, that's yeah, I guess I could add that to like my goals with music too is like ideally do do it a little bigger than I'm doing it, keep expanding and doing bigger shows and things like that, but still do it in a way where I'm independently managed and independently like not signed, I guess. Um and I I have people I work with specifically or and almost exclusively, but uh you know, it's not on a formal contract or anything like that. And with the digital era nowadays, like it's not that ridiculous of an aspiration to want to do it that way. It's totally possible. Yeah, no, it's, it's possible to be independent 100% and make enough money to support yourself or a family. All right, we're going to move on. I want to talk about all these little trinkets you got. I want to save the guitar for last. All right, that sounds all right. So what do you got? You got a bunch of rocks, some <laughs> yeah. crystals, yeah, some little mushrooms. Some little are these made out of rocks? They're crystals. Yeah, all these are. Uh, oh shit! Oh, tiger crystals. eye jasper. I know what tiger eyes. I have a bracelet that has tiger eye. Oh shit! In. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm like uh, about fifty percent invested in the world of like these have uh <laughs> healing power healing power and like because i think you got to be taking steps in your life to make that shit happen just as much as you got to be like worshiping a rock or whatever oh but yeah i see no harm in carrying them around and these are actually all gifts like people have picked these out for me that's my rule of thumb is i'll carry them i'll never buy them i'll never even like really pick them up on my own but like if somebody buys me one and especially like certain ones of these have like they're supposed to have the qualities that are like beneficial to me as a creative so then uh like i'll carry them around i see no harm in it and i do think there's something special about them if absolutely nothing else they're pretty rocks that make you feel nice when you look at them and hold them that's all it needs yeah that's all you need yeah and yeah a quick story about this one too actually you want to describe it quick before yeah it's a big quartz g uh it's not a full geode but it's like a big i can't remember what they call it it's a nice big beautiful hunk of quartz and uh, supposedly it's from like the northern, most northern part of Canada. I was uh, street performing at Pride in Minneapolis and I made some money pretty quick and then got asked to leave because I guess I wasn't like a registered oh, vendor and stuff. Yeah. And it was cool. I was polite about it. And then I went and sat under this tree. I was just chilling there uh, thinking about what to do next. And this girl came over and she's just like, oh, I heard you playing, but I, I didn't stop because I didn't have cash. And she's like, I got this. My dad got it from uh way north in canada or something like that like it's from a part of the world that stays frozen pretty much all year round and that's she's like, cool this is quartz and i wanted to give it to you and you know i needed the money from playing at that time but also like there's something more valuable to that oh, yeah. crystal and like i, I carry it around with me pretty regularly and stuff even that's though, cool you know the gesture is just as nice as like oh the yeah quote unquote it's healing the thought properties. that counts yeah the thought that counts and i thought it was pretty sweet that she like came and like found me later on and like remembered that you know little remembered things like that stuff like that that's yeah. awesome you just so you just carry them around just to, for the good luck for the energy 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. And it's 50-50. Sometimes I forget them at home. It's not like I have to have them. Yeah. But it's like I bring them around. And, like, when I play shows, uh, I've seen Billy Strings do it, too, though. Like, uh, when I play shows, I like to set a few on my amp and stuff like that. And I actually have a giant. Like, my friend found uh, Amethyst Quartz Geo. Oh. Like, he found the full full-blown thing and That's broke cool. it open himself and he gave me a hunk that if you were to put a dollar sign on it i don't know what they would charge for at like earthbound or something but it would be an expensive that's hunk of amethyst and like i like to bring that out when i'm performing and stuff because i feel like i said there's nothing bad that comes from it that i can think of so yeah it's not like you're harming anything or it's not harming you yeah it's it's like carrying a rabbit's foot or something yeah. like that like it's i'm not saying it's all in your head <laughs> but like to a certain extent, like you gotta, you gotta believe it and you gotta create that energy within yourself. And that's exactly it is like, to me, it's just like an aid to manifestation or an aid to intent or whatever. And that's even getting a little more hippie than I really think. But I yeah. also am very aware that like what you think is what you become and or what happens yeah. in your life. So like, you know, if there's little, little trinkets to help uh, attract positive thought processes like that's only going to help in the fuck it why not yeah yeah our minds this is the rock that i got what is that big old agate oh shit oh shit that's a beautiful one i got that when i was on my honeymoon with my wife up in the up in michigan see so that's like it's special because it's a beautiful rock but it's also special because the novelty of it and just the the got it on a trip i think we got it on our honeymoon i'm not sure now that i say that oh shit (laughs) hopefully i'm right (laughs) my friend sammy would really appreciate that he's a a glass artist up in superior oh shit that's awesome yeah he he always walks around the north shore and he's collecting agates and stuff he gave me one we'll do that we'll go up north and we'll like walk the shores of like duluth and we'll look for like Beach glass and agates and all that. That's that's like one of our favorite things too. My wife got me into it. Everything yeah. everything I do besides the podcast, my wife got me into. Like <laughs> photography, she got me into that, all that. So gaming, she didn't get me into that. I no. was I was already hooked on that before her. So Yeah, but. that's an intense one. I don't know. I play some games. But like for the photography and stuff, I've noticed especially in media formats, like how interchangeable certain skills are. Oh yeah. Because like you do your YouTube videos and stuff like that. And like the photography is only going to help that. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It's, they go hand in hand. Like I got to learn how to set the camera up to take a good video. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, I know like if I turn this dial or set this setting to this, it does this. And then I can transfer that to photography and like use that like when i'm out like taking pictures i can be like oh if i do this it'll look this way yeah so that's lighting and angles and that's all it is dude like you can have the world's best camera the world's shittiest camera but if you don't have the lighting (laughs) you got nothing dude it's in it's so insane how important lighting is it's nuts yeah it's make or break it's make or break what are we 23 minutes in oh damn Seems like it's been longer than that. Jesus, holy! <laughs> Tell me about this art piece that you're making for your producer. All right, yeah, uh, I'm not exactly sure how to describe it, but it's kind of in my. I don't know. I've been working on, doing art for a few years, like semi-professionally. I've always like drawn and stuff like that. But when you say semi-professionally, you mean like you make the art and sell it? Yeah, and people buy it. 
Yeah, I was like, I remember right around the start of the pandemic, I was incredibly fortunate because uh, a lot of my musician friends were just hurting and I, I felt for them. But at that same time, like just before that started, uh, I had sold my first piece for 150 bucks and like that kind of just tipped me off. And from that point on, I think I was selling work and or had orders for almost a year and a half straight. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude. And I actually did, I did get burnt out on it really bad after a while, just cause it, it did feel like very demanding. And, you know, I, I might sound like a whiner, but that, you know, anything that you're expected to do. And there's a difference when you're doing it for yourself or doing it to have fun. And then there's when you're making money and like, you have to, you have to show up with something. Yeah, it becomes a job like anything. It becomes else. a like job. The plastic factory I worked at, it became just as not just as grueling, but it was like, yeah, this sucks. I got to make a piece of art, you know, and then yeah. So then I didn't have orders for like I finished all my orders, and I I noticed I feel bad about a, a couple of the pieces that I sold towards the end of that stint, just because I even saw that my quality was kind of diminishing a little bit. And then after I finished up my orders, I didn't get any more for quite a while. Um, but that was actually a blessing in disguise because it took, it gave me some time to like step back and breathe. And when I came back, I actually feel like my style naturally refined itself uh, a little more because like I was doing what people expected me to do and I wasn't doing it because it was my expression anymore. Yep. And that, yeah, and that that's that's taxing after a while, so. Oh, absolutely, dude. To be able to come back to it and do it the way I want. And this is kind of like a small canvas that is my more refined style, and it is going to be for my producer, uh, Jordan Ramiro. He does amazing work. Yeah, you got yeah, to plug the producer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll just real quick just talk about, how, like, he's from Los Angeles area. He moved here a couple of years ago, and he just super sweet dude and like does amazing work and we've actually just been recording we got an album in the works right now we've been recording it just hell yeah out on my family's farm which is like the most relaxing low pressure situation i've ever recorded in so it's like absolutely yeah and and he's he's gracious enough that this is this i mean i'm sure he'd be willing to pay something for it i would never charge him full price for this because he helps me out so much but yeah. I'm, I'm just probably gonna just making him a gift give it to him and like maybe it'll be like partial payment but also it's just like appreciation because yeah. he's already like yeah he helps me out a lot that's awesome. he works with me you know and that's awesome we're not like when we record it's not like okay it's been three hours you owe me this much money it's like well did we get the take or not <laughs> yeah and yeah so. that's cool People like that make the world go round. Like, it's yeah, got to have those kind of people. You made me a piece of art. I have it way over there now, but <laughs> it's like a skull with star eyes. Kind of, I don't know how to describe star it. Star flower eyes. Yeah, slightly fl- psychedelic. It's cool as fuck. I'll tell you that. Thank you, man. Thank I think you. it's cool that the eyes match the back of your sweatshirt. I didn't know if you noticed that or not. Oh yeah. Did, well, did you do that on purpose? Not on purpose. It's just the flower I drew. I drew. Uh, well, I painted that, and then. The stencil on the back of my hoodie is actually, I just do my own screen printing. I screen print my own t-shirt. So if oh, you ever shit. are at one of my shows and buy a t-shirt, you can know that I personally made it by hand. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That's yeah. awesome. 
That is really cool. Yeah, and do I got a... Do you just got, like, a press that you just do it yourself? Not even a press. I just got the screens. We got screens. We used a negative, and we filled in everything else. And then I just have screening ink and a little, like, putty brush or a, a bench knife thing. And I just have to press it down real good and hold it. And I just... I don't even know how to explain just it. like scrape it across? Scrape it across and make sure that all the blank spaces are filled in and then peel it up and got to dry it. And then I, I do, all my t-shirts have either a flower or a skull on the back and then they have my music name on the front. That's And, cool. uh, and then I got to iron them to make sure that ink sets really good. But it's it's usually like a 36 to 48 hour process altogether. So I try to For do- For one shirt? Well, I try to do- Or you do, do like a batch. I get them. packs. Okay. Like, yeah, I get packs of shirts and then just do them all at once. And I'll have them like laying all over the house for a day or two, just like drying. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. like, what if somebody wanted to hire you to make shirts? Would you do that? Yeah, I actually did that once. Uh, my friend's band, Freezer Jam, I made, they had a show coming up and they were kind of pressed for time. And, you know, it was my slow season. It was winter, last winter, I believe. And they contacted me about doing a run of shirts. And it was like, uh, it was awesome because I got paid to like help my friends. That's awesome. And like, that's, that's the dream right there. You know, like if I can live comfortably and do it, like also supporting people I care about and that I think deserve uh, respect and success, then hell yeah. Absolutely. And, um, right now I just got to plug my friend Dylan to my friend Dylan Jackson. He's the one who actually set me up with the screens originally. And he hooked like, yeah, we kind of just did it as like a test thing and we were thinking that the screens might be good for like one or two runs of shirts and then they ended up being good for i don't i don't know i've probably done six or eight runs now and they're still holding together and then for those freezer jam shirts he also made the screens and then i just did the printing that's cool yeah yeah and i think they sold quite a bit because it was like a wednesday they got a hold of me and then they played a show saturday and Oh, yeah, so they, like, needed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And they, they would have done it themselves, possibly, but also, like, I had the experience doing my own, so. Do you have shirts at every show that you play? I have since I started making them, yeah. And okay. if I start running low, I try to get a new batch and just make them. I have shirts, I have prints, I have artwork, and then also my latest endeavor has been touching on leather working. I've had oh. my friend, same friend, Dylan, uh, brought me a bunch of his leather scraps, so I've been cutting out patch size chunks of leather i'll stamp them i'll paint them i'll put a coat on them and then i've been sewing them to like caps and beanies and the beanies are killing it like that's cool i think in the last like since i started making them i think there was one show i didn't sell one at oh wow and it's like and i yeah it's all handmade again like i make the patches i sew them on myself like yeah that's cool as fuck thank you yeah and that's like that's stuff you can't really replicate, you know, no, like it's, it's can't. very, uh, sincerely me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like my favorite hat that my favorite beanie that I wear right now is like a bright yellow crocheted beanie that my wife made. Yeah. Like it's just putting on something that somebody that you know and care about, like made for you makes it a hundred times better. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's back to the authenticity. You can feel the authenticity in the fibers when you put it on. And yeah, and there's the sentimental aspect too. And it's just, man, we got all these people. I, I try not to do too much preaching because I'm not in a position to, but you got a lot of people nowadays that like want to save the world and uh, be these eco warriors and things like that, but they don't want to like develop a skill that's worth, yeah, like uh, 
making the world go around. Cause like the more people we know that are like, okay, I make like my hats for merch, but also through that process, I've learned a small amount of leather working. And then also for like years now, I've been able to sew and repair clothes or even make new clothes and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, that's a skill that could apply to local community being self-sustaining. Yeah. You're and building, yeah, you're building skills that can benefit a community. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's about. And that's why it's so cool. Like I'll see, I'll see my shirts, people wearing them and stuff. And it just trips me out because it, it like warms my heart because it's like not just something I made, but it shows that support. And then if there's ways that I can pay that forward, like, like even painting this painting for Jordan, it's like, yeah, I, I give them some cash and stuff for recording, obviously, but also it's like, I feel like the cash will be spent. Hopefully this painting will be on his wall for years to come. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's amazing, dude. Thank you. Art's, art's just cool as fuck. I like art. Yeah. Lot. Yeah. There's no such thing as bad art. No. I mean, there's some crude art <laughs> and it, it's still considered art, but it's like as long, yeah, it's just expression. It's so unique and like. Absolutely. All right, you want to break out the guitar? Yeah, I'm down. I'll just pop these things off quick. Yep, yep. So just to let everybody know, he's walking over to his guitar case that's absolutely covered in stickers and drawings, and he's whipping the guitar out. And she is beautiful. You want to talk about how you got your name, Captain Seabeard, first? I think we did touch on it. We touched on it. On our last our last little shindig, <laughs> but I want to I wanna get it on the podcast. You don't have to put those back on if you don't want to. All right. Yeah, I'll leave them off for just a little yeah. bit, as long as I'm close enough to the mic. Yeah, I want to I hear you play some, but I want to know first, how'd you, get your, how'd you get your name, Captain Seabeard? Well, that's a, that's a oh man. <laughs> a substance story, isn't it? Yeah, it totally is, and I know that's kind of goofy, but also, it is what it is. I can't, you know, I'm not sugarcoating it or embellishing it. Um, so, traveling down the West Coast, I'd say we... I think we were right near San Luis Obispo, and we stayed at this really fancy place, uh, Montaña de Oro, I believe is how you say it, and it's like super ritzy, touristy beach. We were kind of in a pinch, and we had to pay for it because we couldn't find hotels, and we were kind of in between cities. Yep. Uh, and anyway, like, as we were getting there, or like shortly before we had gotten there, uh, the people I was traveling with realized that someone left these... Uh, Illegal substances yeah, some, that aren't terrible that make you hallucinate. We'll say that. Some some special chocolates, yeah, with yeah, with certain plants. Um they left them in the tip case or whatever and like we had an off day at this like beautiful touristy beach. I actually saw whales there for my first time. Like in the wild. Oh shit. Not at a zoo or anything. It was yeah, we saw whale tails coming up out of the water. Um, Are you sure they were real? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm this kidding. Was, well, I was mostly coming down by then, but yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure. Pretty. My cousin saw them too. Oops, I'm not supposed to say. Yeah, anyway. But uh, yeah, so like it was early in the morning and they found these chocolates in their tip case and like they're responsible parents. They're very responsible parents. And uh, we had to cross the border into Arizona in a day or two anyway, or in a few days after we went through LA yeah. and uh yeah they were both 
you know, obviously not thrilled about having these yeah. things with them. And they're just like, oh, we're going to throw them in the garbage. And they're about to throw them away. And like, you're like, I don't have a kid. Yeah. I was like, I don't have a kid. <laughs> I'm not responsible. Yeah. I am not responsible. I think I would have been like, shoot, I had to have been like 22 at the time. Or oh, something. yeah. Young. Like, still pretty goofy and naive. Yeah, so I took one for the team. I ate these chocolates. We have no idea what was, like, how much. We know what was in them. Okay. We don't know how much was in them. Yeah, so, Because yeah. we know the girl that made them. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I just go down to the beach or whatever, and I'm. Having a good time. <laughs> I'm starting to, yeah, and uh, my friend's looking at me. He's like, oh, it's funny, like, because uh, like, he used to live a lot more rambunctious, and he's just like, yeah, like, I heard those things. Or, like, I remember those things kick in really fast. And, like, as he's saying it, I'm thinking, oh, that's funny. I don't feel anything. And, you know, like, probably, like, five or ten minutes later, I hear him behind me. And he's like, dude, get up. You're scaring people. And I totally thought he's just trolling me or something. Yeah. Like, trying to, like, trip me out. And I look back at him, and he's dead serious. And I look the other way, and I see this, like, touristy guy, like, gawking at me. And I'm like, oh, shit, I really am scaring people. And then I kind of, like, snap out of it. And I realize I've been, like crawling around in the sand on the beach on all fours like making a fool of myself oh man on this like super intense seashell hunt or something but i'm like fully clothed i still got my wallet and phone in my pocket and like shoes and everything like i don't look like your average beach goer no. i'm just like <laughs> just getting full of sand covered and water in and... sand like basically sticking my face in the sand and then uh yeah eventually he's like He's like, you're like some sort of like sea beard or something. Like, he's like, I swear you had seashells in your beard. And I don't know if that's the case or not. But yeah, so we uh, packed up our things and went down to the other end of the beach where there was a lot less people. And I, I wrote out the experience there. And I remember just like laying on the beach and watching the tide roll in and out. And for some reason, that sea beard thing just stuck out in my mind. And I came back to it and like it. It was stuck. still there. And yeah. And then. I added the captain just like partly for humor, but also just like it's, it's it like, fits. yeah, it's, it's memorable. I've had people tell me that a lot, but also CS are my like birth initials. So there's like, it's a nod to who I am yep. truthfully. And at this point, I think captain Seabeard kind of, I've been playing with a band lately, so it kind of is an umbrella term, but it's based off that experience. That's amazing. That's a good ass story on how you got a name, dude. That's cool <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> that's funny yeah i mean it was the most responsible thing we could have done yeah yeah Maybe. You, you didn't want it to go to waste so yeah the person went through the time to make them and give them to us and like yeah it was a gift you can't you know <laughs> you don't just turn a gift away Native americans say you can't decline a gift or something like that yeah. I don't know. all right dude you are you gonna play a song you're just gonna do a little jingle what are you gonna do oh uh, you want me to play a song yeah if you if you would like to play a song on the podcast i would be very appreciative yeah, I'll do that. Um, I got this new song I've been I've been wanting to debut, but uh, it's just, you know, Jordan and I got a ton on our plates right now. We got a a video coming out in the next, like, week, week and a half. Oh, shit. It's going to be my submission for the Blue Ox virtual contest, which I don't expect to get picked, but I made sure to... It's worth had, a shot. Yeah, I had my friend Jordan run audio for it because he's damn good at what he does and then my friend jake peterson is a damn good videographer he did the video for it and they're both in the process right now of mixing and editing so That's got that awesome. video coming out and then we got an album in the works we just dropped a single uh, 
not too long ago and like stay working. So I feel like this song is not going to be ready to see the light of day for a little while as far as like actually recording it. Well, here's a little preview for everybody. Is this good where it's at or should I? Uh, I can hear it. I mean, give it a good strum quick. I'll, I'll check the little. Oh, yeah, you should be good. If you want to. Just tilt it a little. We can tilt it a little like that. Put it right in the middle, maybe. Yeah, I've never done this before. That you speak, how they leave me so weak. Crave the company I see, but I'm still alone. tone of your voice as you stand so poised leaves me with no choice now I have to go just let me be just let me softness of your words like the songs of the birds things you give I don't deserve so just let me be just let me be just let me Sun is shining where we are and who we've been. There's no time to try again. So here we are. Just let me be. Just let me be. Just let me be Just let me be (laughs) That was fucking amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I feel so humbled, and I am so... 
My heart is just happy to hear that. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I always have this, like, bad habit. Uh, when I, when I'm on stage, I get excited. I get amped up, and I just play, like... I don't think that's a bad habit, dude. That's called passion. That's called love. <laughs> well, shit, thank you. But that means you love what you're doing. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. But I feel like sometimes because, let's say I get a little too passionate or something, you know, I feel like people neglect to take me fully seriously because they just see, like, more of a showman, yep. less of a writer, whereas, like, truthfully, I think of myself as a writer first and a musician second. Like, the writing... I mean, they both come semi-naturally to me, thankfully, but, like, the writing, I don't not think about my lyrics ever. Like, the lyrics always have to... This is cliche stuff at this point, but, like, I mean what I say, and I do write songs that are a little more, like... uh, They're slower and, like, a little more focused on the lyrics, but even the songs that I play when I'm being, like, rambunctious and putting on a show, like... Every word means something to me, and I've placed it all in a specific uh, order and, like, time frame to, like, make it. And a lot of times I'm using, like, I always try to use, like, double entendres, and occasionally I'll even throw in a triple or something, and, like, I feel like that's the type of thing that sometimes gets overlooked. So it's What does really, that mean? What is a double entendre? Uh, entendre. It'd be, like, a phrase that has multiple meanings. So, like, okay. a double would be, like, a double meaning. Yeah, triple would be like triple meaning. Rappers do that a lot. Like Chance, yeah. Chance the rapper is brilliant with like his entendres and like especially on the mixtape acid rap. Like some of that stuff. Like I'll go listen to that album or mixtape front to back still to this day every once in a while and still be catching new things. Like oh that's an analogy for this or yep. oh this could mean this as well as that and like that shit's brilliant and I th- I feel like that's what it is. Not that I do it this way, but like with Chance for example, like it's so clever right out the gate that it is hard to grasp what it fully means. Yep. And you come back to it again and again. And I want my music to have that longevity and to have that um, sentiment to it. Yeah. So, so like, you're playing country, bluegrass, folk-ish music right now, and then you're talking about rap music. Yeah. That's nuts. Like, where do you draw most of your inspiration then? Well, <laughs> <laughs> A little Shit. bit from everything? Yeah, I just try to stay open to it. And there's definitely niches that I do and don't like very specifically and, like, almost to the point where I'm a jerk about it. Like, like I... I what kind I, of music don't you like? Uh, Talk your shit. Let's hear it. <laughs> shit, okay, but cut me off because I get on a rampage and don't stop. Uh, just bullshit, man. Like, when you can tell it's bullshit. Yep. When you know that somebody's doing it because they've seen somebody else do it that way a thousand times, they're like, well, if I mimic, mimic this, there's the opportunity for success. This works, so why not do it? Yeah, you know? like just following that same formula. Like even, uh, damn, like Tool, for example, everyone was so hyped about their new album. And it was good. It was good. But it's like, okay, this is the same trick they've done. And that's why I appreciate Modest Mouse so much. Is There's an album that Modest Mouse has made for almost every emotion, every occasion. Yeah. Like every feeling that you have, It's uh, it can be covered by Modest Mouse because they have such a wide range of ability and sounds and even yep. lyrics. And even, you know, as life changes, your expression is going to change. And like... Yeah, I just try to, I try to, I'm like the most narrow-minded, open-minded person you'll meet. <laughs> that makes I sense. I definitely don't like certain things, but I love it all to some degree. Like, yeah, I'll hang out with 
my friends that are listening to like trap music and I'll like take inspiration from that. But then I'll go hang out with my friends who are listening to Doc Watson or like, you know, uh, what the hell? Norman Blake. Okay. And like, I always want to pick like Norman Blake, but I want to be lyrically like as clever as chance or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want a little of everything. And I think it's Bob Dylan who said that nobody, well, I don't remember. Don't, it's not an exact quote. I'm paraphrasing massively, but, uh, it's like Bob Dylan basically said, it's just a matter of knowing what to take from who that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, no. And the more you think about that, that's just, that's all it is, you know, because you got look at music or YouTube or anything. People, it's monkey see, monkey do. People copy what works. Yeah. But when you can quote unquote copy, but throw your own twist on it and make it your own, and then you find your own groove, that's what's beautiful. And I think that's what you're doing, man. Thank you. Thank that you. That was, no, that's amazing. Like, being able to play a guitar and not look at the strings <laughs> and not look down the entire time and be able to, like, look up and sing, that's a skill, dude. A fucking skill. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been polishing it for quite a while. I I, I just started to find out how to sing in key, like, fully. And I'm still not, I still need to work on it. But, like, just in the last, like, six months, I've finally started to feel comfortable doing what I'm doing. And I've even been doing it publicly for, like, eight years. So That's nuts, dude. It's, it's an ever-growing science experiment. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, what time is it? 5.14, I think we can wrap this up because we're almost at an hour here. Do you want to play another one before we go? Yeah, I'd be happy to. All right, before you play the song, where can people find your music? Where can people find you at? Let's see. Uh, all streaming services, thanks to Jordan Ramiro. He got me on everything. Uh, all streaming services. I also just put out a new music video, self-filmed and edited. Not entirely self-filmed, partially self-filmed, all self-edited on YouTube. Uh show is i got a show this friday the 10th at raw deal with a sunken ship irony and pine and fire handful of art vendors got show in lacrosse on the 24th i got a show in minneapolis a big show in minneapolis on march 4th at underground music venue um yeah another show at raw deal in april on april 14th with a couple of other uh the tamo bedlam and the nunnery okay and yeah just keep so like Captain Seabeard on oh yeah Instagram yeah. YouTube Spotify that's where that's what people can yeah so Captain Seabeard and you'll find him no no Twitter no TikTok none of that but Instagram Facebook YouTube hell yeah Spotify uh, Bandcamp awesome it's all up there somewhere all right well I appreciate you hanging out today and dude I appreciate you having me <laughs> I appreciate you being on yeah no this is awesome all right ladies and gentlemen. Here's Captain Seabeard. Oh shoot! I gotta think of what to play. You gotta, you gotta get going, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, shoot. <laughs> gonna angle that down a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. You can angle that one more towards the guitar, and I'll put this one more towards your mouth because these these can stretch pretty far. Oh, okay. So yeah, and then we'll get like a nice. Yeah, because then I can be I can be done talking. I can shut up and let you play. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, he's gonna play us another song and. Thanks for sticking around and spread the podcast around. You know what to do. And have a good day. Thanks again, man. Absolutely.
redemption, redemption, please come for me. I promise, I promise I'm not who I used to be. Forgive me, forgive me, and set me free. Relieve me, relieve me of this misery. I wanna be 